Welcome to Life-Giving Water Messages, where I expound upon the Word of God and, through the internet, deliver it to you. My name is Reverend Todd Laddick, and I am bringing to you uh, a message uh, entitled Repurposed. And that message is based off of Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. That's Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. So let us dive into the Word today. One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out where it is deeper and let your let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I am such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied, Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Just when we think we know what, what our purpose in life is, Jesus tells us otherwise. It is through our Lord Jesus Christ that we become repurposed for the kingdom. I recently watched a film in the theater called um, American Underdog, the Kurt Warner story. Uh, I would be ob <laughs> Captain Obvious if I told you who the story was about, and I would also presume that most of you, if not all of you, know exactly who Kurt Warner is. Why? Because he is an NFL Hall of Fame quarterback, widely regarded as the greatest undrafted quarterback of all time. That's right, he's one of the GOATs, the greatest of all time club, right? He's in that club. But his story did not start there. I'm sure he was a star high school quarterback and college quarterback, but he went to a small college and got overlooked by the NFL. Now, what's, what's more is his coach kept trying to teach him how to you know, stay in the pocket, to stand his ground rather than, you know, constantly relying on his ability to run. Now, he was a good runner, but, but you, know, in the, you know, especially in the NFL, if that's where you're going to go, you know, like running around is not, not necessarily the best thing to do, even for the greatest runners. You know, sometimes you can get really hurt. And so, you know, he just, he was kind of a bit arrogant and cocky. You know, he, he was confident in his talent and thought he, you know, he knew what to do. Um, but then he tried to walk on and try out for the Green Bay Packers, but he was thrown out of tryouts at the end of the first day because the coach said he wasn't ready. Anyway, prior to that tryout, he had met a girl, uh, 
at a line dancing country bar and began dancing with her. And while they danced, she said to him, you don't look like a cowboy. He said, I'm not. <laughs> well, Brenda inquired, what are you? Kurt responded bluntly, I'm a football player. As it turned out at the time, that was all Kurt could identify as. A football player. And as the film went on, he learns that, or he learned that having a one-dimensional identity can be deadly to one's career and to one's life as a whole. We are more than what we do. Now we spend years learning and even creating our identity. It goes it also goes without saying that our identity is a part is excuse me, it also goes without saying that a part of our identity is what we do for a living or for hobbies. And in fact, that becomes for many the dominant personal identifier. It was for Kurt Warner. Who are you? I'm a football player. Why? Because it's an easy, quick go-to when people ask us to tell them about ourselves. It reveals nothing. There's no risk involved for us to tell them what we do because, you know, there's nothing risky about that. Well, I'm a pastor or I'm a policeman or I'm a lawyer, you know. Um, and so we're not, we're not really taking a great risk to make ourselves vulnerable. We're just giving shallow surface information when we tell people, when we identify ourselves by our career. For instance, if someone asks me who I am, I rarely lead with, oh, me? I'm a sensitive, compassionate human being who longs to be accepted by people and to fit in. Honestly, if I did answer with that, people would probably be, like, stunned. That's not what they're expecting me to answer. Nor do I lead with, well, I'm a person who seeks to live a significant life by helping others and being positive and changing for and a changing force in the world around me. Nor would I lead with, you know, I'm sometimes a cranky, whiny person who can be selfish. You know, like we all we all have those traits that we don't we don't reveal about ourselves. We know about them, but we don't reveal about them. We try to hide them. Instead, you'll probably hear me say, oh, who, me? Well, I'm a I'm a United Methodist pastor serving at First United Methodist Church in Newton. We so often lead with what we do to describe who we are and then we might mention who we belong to for instance i might say well i'm happily married with two adult children and my wife and i love to travel again not much risk there it's a fact it's a fact of who i am but it's not the whole of who i am and those are all things that are true about me i mean they are but they don't really Reveal who I truly am to you. Why do we find it so challenging to talk about our identity and our purpose for living? Truthfully, I believe it's because many people do not know their purpose. Because they have been tuning into all the wrong sources. The world tells them they need to be brave, bold, successful, thin, happy, and on and on and on. But none of those things are truly reachable in this world apart from Jesus. And Jesus wants to lead you to different pastures altogether.
Now, in our scripture today, we find Simon in the same boat as the rest of us, pun totally intended. He doesn't know anything about himself other than his occupation and his family. When Jesus first approaches and meets him, Simon was tired, irritable, wanting to go home, clean up, and crash. He had spent the entire night fishing in all of the right spots and came up empty. If nights like this continued, Simon might not be able to provide for his family. What we hear, what we have here is a a person in a career rut of sorts. Worse than that, he was taught the fishing trade from his father, who was taught by his father, and so on and so forth. This is all Simon knew. It was the only skill set he had. And careers don't just pop up in the ancient world the way they do today. Your career path, your vocation... It's pretty much chosen for you. That was your purpose. That was where you were meant to be. And that was what you, what you were meant to be. That is what your family and your village depended on you becoming. But back to Simon. He wasn't able to catch any fish. And you get the sense from Simon's demeanor that this has probably been the case before. And in comes this lofty preacher guy named Jesus, a a carpenter by trade, again, who learned it from his father, who learned it from his father, telling Simon how to do his job. And that's true about Jesus, isn't it? He shows up in our lives and interrupts our plans and self-perceptions. He points us to something deeper within us, a purpose that has been there from the start. In order to reach that purpose, though, we, of course, have to change the course. We have to change course. So this Jesus tells Simon to go deeper and to let his nets down. <laughs> and by the way, deeper is literal because he's telling him to go out into deeper waters, but it's, it's also spiritual. Jesus is telling Simon to go deeper and let go of his nets. (laughs) Which causes Simon to protest. Like, hello, earth to Jesus. We've been out there all night and haven't found or caught anything. I imagine Simon pausing here with a bit of a smirk. But hey, if you say so. What started off with Simon's bitter cynicism, though, it became Simon's utter disbelief. I'll say that again. What what started off with Simon's bitter cynicism became Simon's utter disbelief. As the ship began to sink under the weight of all the fish, Simon realized how sinful how unworthy he was, and he repented. Lord, leave me. I am a sinful man. Which is the first step to changing course? Recognizing we've been heading in the wrong direction. We won't change course if we don't recognize we're heading in the wrong direction. Jesus interrupted Simon's preconceptions with the miracle, and then repurposed Simon. 
The miracle was the distraction, but it was also a metaphor for what Jesus was going to do with Simon's skills. The very skills needed for persistent fishing, Simon, who would go on to be called Peter, would use those same skills to bring people to know Jesus. Instead of a fisher man, Jesus would make Peter become a fisher of people. How is it that you've been identifying yourself? Do you know who you are as opposed to what you do? Christ wants us all to see our own value as beloved children of God. Is your identity in alignment with how God identifies with you or identifies you? Is your identity in alignment with how God identifies you? And how goes it with your soul? As John Wesley would ask, how goes it with your soul? How is your relationship with Jesus? Do you have a relationship with him? Perhaps you do, but you've fallen away from being close with him. Or perhaps you're not sure you ever did have one. Perhaps it's been just you've gone to church your whole life and, yeah, you've known Jesus, you prayed to Jesus, but you never had a close relationship with him. It's just always been kind of rote for you. It's just something you did but never really connected with. Or perhaps you don't have a relationship with our Lord at all. Maybe this is your first time even considering a relationship with God. I want to use the rest of my time here to invite you to reflect on your relationship with Jesus. Without a relationship, without putting our trust in Jesus, we will never be open to being repurposed for the kingdom. Take time where you are. Take as long as the Holy Spirit leads you to take. And really connect with Jesus, who is here with us right now, where we sit here today.
friends, your relationship with Christ is so important. I pray we all, myself included, get repurposed for his will and his will alone. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we just thank you and praise you for all who have come to you today, who have who have called on your name, who have asked you into their heart or asked you to repurpose them and bring them back into the path. And so, Lord, for these people, we ask your presence and we ask for answered prayers, for we know that you will always answer the prayer to, uh, to come into the lives of others and change them for your kingdom and for eternity. And we, we love you and thank you, Lord, and we uh, just ask for your blessings upon all people. Again, it's great to have you here, and uh, I just want to remind you, you are richly blessed, so be a blessing to us.